Welcome to I'd Rather Stay In, the podcast where we talk about what's going on in our brains instead of what's happening outside. We're your hosts, Megan Myers and Steffi Predmore. This week's episode, Being Your Own Healthcare Advocate. Hi, Megan. Hey, Steffi. So I mentioned several weeks ago in, I think, one of our intro chit chats that I had put socks on my dog because he was really itchy. Mm -hmm. So I'm the crazy person that ended up getting an allergy test done on my dog because he was so itchy and was clearly just so miserable and he had chewed like all the fur off of his feet. Mm -hmm. And we got the results back this week and my dog is allergic to chicken and turkey eggs, oats, and rice. That's a lot. It's a lot. And I was like, who is allergic to rice? Like, rice is the food you're supposed to be able to feed anyone when they're, like, too sick to eat anything else. Here, eat some rice. Right. So that one was, I I had kind of narrowed down maybe the, the chicken and turkey and egg situation because... The internet say that the is common for German shepherds to be allergic to those things, but rice was like, what? So I now am going to do allergy allergy shots on my dog and he gets some expensive grain free bougie ass dog food because I'm a white person. Yeah, I was wondering, like, what kind of food you would end up having to feed him then. Yeah, well, we've had him on, uh, like, t- mostly a grain-free formula for a while. Um, so I think it was really, like, the chicken and turkey and eggs that were the problem for him. Um, so we're, we've, we're putting him on, like, a fish-based formula um, that doesn't have any eggs or even, like, chicken broth or anything like that in it. And I am just going to have to read the labels on all of his treats and all that shit because it's a joy. It's a joy. I'm really yeah. excited about the allergy shots. It's going to be fun. Although that that dog will let me do anything to him. So they really won't be a big deal. It'll be much easier than like giving the cat medicine. Yeah. Shots actually aren't as, they're not that bad. Having had to give them to our cats every twice a day for years. <laughs> They get used to it. Diabetic cat. Yeah, they get used to it pretty quickly. Yeah. So that's a bonus, at least. Um, We, I have some um, grain-free food for my cat right now because he was losing a lot of weight. Yeah. And whenever he's losing a lot of weight is because he is not eating his food. Mm -hmm. And so we have to buy whatever we think is going to, like, entice him to eat again. And Which is probably different every time. It's different every time, yeah. Because mm-hmm. as soon as you find one that he's gonna that he likes, then yeah. he stops eating it. As soon as you buy like the big bag, <laughs> <laughs> it's like like uh, cereals, like breakfast yeah. cereal. Like oh, everyone's eating this one. I'll buy a big box. Mm-hmm. They're not no gonna eat it, it anymore. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so we bought him some whatever kind it was because he can't. He also doesn't eat wet food at all. That is and so they crazy. Don't eat treats either. I think your cats are broken. They are broken. And so it was kind of a difficult time for a while trying to get him to eat food. And now he likes to eat the food. If it's not wet enough, he will go and like try to eat it and drink water at the same time. <laughs> which results just like in really disgusting food in the yes. water dish. And then he comes and yells at us because there's food in the water dish. (laughs) So he won't drink the water. You're like, I cannot help you. Yeah. It's like a cycle of just the cat (laughs) screaming at us all the time when it's really his own fault. But (laughs) such a joy. It's really senior, senior pets are. They're really something. They are. (laughs) (laughs) But they're so sweet and you love them so much. So they are sweet. He is still he's very sweet and cuddly. Like Daisy is such a sweet cat. Like he likes to sit in my lap and get Mm -hmm. scritches when I'm there. So he's definitely I mean, 
Rune is sweet, but he doesn't talk to me that much. So Casey's my favorite. Yeah, Rune's like, uh, he loves being petted and he's very cuddly in like a, a soft and fuzzy way, mm-hmm. but he doesn't like to sit on laps at all. Yeah. Casey just so. like jumps in your lap and is like, hi, I don't know you, but I think you should pet me. Yeah. You're here for me. Yeah. <laughs> you're in my house. Give me love now. <laughs> yep. That sounds about right. Yeah. Like Anya. Yes, yes, that yeah. is like Anya. Yeah. <laughs> when, when we have people over, well, at first she's scared of them. And then as soon as she warms up, she goes over to wherever they are, whether they're like at the table or on the couch or in the armchair. And she does what we call the sass paw, where she takes her front paw and she like kind of bats at you. Like, <laughs> hey, hey, hello, you should be paying attention to me. So it's... She's needy. We're, we're a whole house of crazy, <laughs> needy creatures, ourselves included. <laughs> Bless us. Well, this week we are learning about what it takes to be your own healthcare advocate and why advocating for yourself is so important. We recorded this interview while Megan was gallivanting around Europe, so my friend Aaron Howes jumped in to help us out. We had a great conversation, so let's get to the interview. Hi, Erin. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Steffi. Thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, my name is Erin Howes. I went to Illinois Wesleyan University for my undergraduate degree and then UIC where I studied my master's in public health, which brings me here today with some semblance of professionalism and information about this topic. Um, I love travel. I am bilingual in English and Spanish. That was my um, my studies in undergrad, where I also met hubby. So I live here in Chicago with my husband and my goofy, large-headed pit bull thing. And I really like <laughs> dancing and I uh, you know, work full-time in healthcare and it, my side hustle is some wedding planning. So I've really enjoyed you know, using my annoyingly extra uh, organization skills and neuroticism to help people get married and have fun. So it's, uh, we're busy here, but we have a good time. Hashtag Enneagram three. Yes. I was going to say that. Yeah. Also, I'm trying not to be offended that you only mentioned that you met your husband in college. I thought you were going to say that you met me. As a researcher, you know, we have to be careful and be like, okay, You know, I need to acknowledge that the interviewer and I have a relationship. (laughs) (laughs) So Steffi's my uh, college bestie. Illinois Wesleyan gave me a lot of nice things, but Steffi was one of the best. We say that we're each other's second soulmates. (laughs) We have our spouses, our husbands, and then we have each other. They do what they can. (laughs) You know, I, well, Megan and I actually talked on the podcast. I think it was last week's that we recorded um that we were talking about friendship and how our spouses we cannot expect them to fulfill all of our emotional needs it's true so it's true we know all about that so we wanted to have you on the podcast to chat about being your own healthcare advocate because you have your master's in public health and you work on the quality side of healthcare. so Um, I want you to kind of preface this by talking about what that means and how you got into this field. Mm -hmm. I am blessed to have a job like you and Megan, where I work nonstop, but no one really knows what I do. (laughs) Uh, Who's like not in my field, Um, which is largely in part due to the fact that we don't really understand our healthcare system at all. So if you don't understand the system, how can you even understand all these layers? Like, you know, there's a doctor and there's like a nurse maybe and the person that checks you in. And then from there, it's like, I, you know, who, why would you know what, how that organization is run? So I studied education and Spanish in undergrad. So I've been bilingual in Spanish since I was young. And I kind of had this career trajectory that I was committed to becoming a teacher. I was like, I'm going to travel the world. I'm going to meet new people. I'm going to teach English in foreign countries. And and then I was going to teach Spanish here. And it was just this very, like, you know, you, you, there's these jobs that you know about. Like, you know what a teacher is. And you know that growing up. And you're like, right. okay, I fit into that. Like, my skills match that. And um, I did a lot of that. You know, we Steffi and I both got to study abroad. It was great. We took the courses. And... Uh, got all that experience. So after college, I joined um, 
AmeriCorps. So if you're familiar, it's domestic service. A lot of people know the Peace Corps um, with national, you know, international service, but this is national. And um, that program was in Southern Florida. I was teaching English classes at night to a group of majority Haitian refugees and then worked with their children during the day. So it was this family literacy program and I absolutely loved it. But once I, you know, finished the degree and was in the field doing this work, I was like, the, the moments I loved the most were not about, I mean, I loved teaching, but it was the topics about healthcare. Like mm -hmm. we would get so sidetracked. Like, yes, we could teach them their verbs and conjugations, but they wanted to talk about like their eating and their culture and their hypertension sure. and checking their blood sugar. And um, I was like, wait a minute, this is fun. Like, I really like talking about this and teaching about it. And, you know, we got into like then healthcare and insurance and Obama. It was 2012. Times were good. So <laughs> it was um, a lot of fun. And I learned a lot because then I would want to research things to bring it to them. So I realized I love education and working with immigrant populations, but that I could do that work outside of a school and that right. there was this need for that work in healthcare. And so I started researching um, another, you know, more AmeriCorps programs because a year of service was great. And for any young people listening, that gives you money towards your loans um, or towards more education. So that's my little plug for it. So I was all about a second year. <laughs> um, I moved back to Chicago and it was the National Health Corps um, plug there. And uh, I was placed as a diabetes educator and care coordinator in a health center on the southwest side of Chicago, which serves majority Mexican immigrant patients. So I had like finally found my niche. I, I was in heaven. I have been in the field ever since. I served in that role for five years um, while pursuing a master's. And that's kind of that marriage of, um, you know, <laughs> what I knew and what my studies were. But then as we get older and we learn, wow, there's like all these jobs um, mm -hmm. and places for me. So that's how I found the field. Yeah. So I want to circle back to something that you said a moment ago of, you know, you discovered that you really enjoy this when you were working with your, you know, Haitian students in Florida, but also that you discovered that there was a need for it. And I think that that is important, like when you are like a middle class white person, mm -hmm. um, you know, you just sort of navigate through healthcare. Um, in a very different way than a lot of populations do. And so, you know, I think I, I, you know, I remember those conversations with you during that time and you saying like, yeah, we had this whole conversation because they didn't understand like X, Y, Z thing about mm -hmm. how to navigate insurance or how to navigate, you know, just even um, understanding, you know, some of the things that doctors were telling them and things yes. like that. Um, and so, you know, I think that it's it's can be a real wake up call when you realize like not everyone has the same healthcare experiences for a number of different reasons. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you and I we already just mentioned that we've been best friends since college. So I know a lot about your passion and your personal experience in healthcare advocacy, and that that comes from watching your husband tackle type one diabetes, um, that you've watched me handle two chronic illnesses, ulcerative colitis and endometriosis. And you've watched my mom battle cancer twice. We've been through a lot of shit together and a lot of it has to do with health. Um, but people who aren't dealing with big diagnoses or health journeys might be wondering why they might even need to advocate for themselves when it comes to their health. Because again, they might be, you know, middle-class white people who have never really had a lot of yeah. issues. Mm -hmm. um, so can you kind of speak to why self-advocating in healthcare is really important? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I had never met anyone with diabetes until I met my husband. I mean, you taught me the word ulcerative colitis. You know, you don't, yeah. it's hard because it's like, I'm not a medical professional. And so, you know, which is sometimes a good thing because you move away from like the textbook and sure. just the disease and, and the anatomy. And it's like, whoa, no, there's like a system behind that diagnosis. And like right. your life is different the second you are placed the diagnosis. So um, you know, that gives you a lot of knowledge, but young, you know, seemingly appearing healthy people are the absolute worst self-advocates. And we mm -hmm. all do this. We don't treat anything until it's broken. Um, you know, especially young people today, we're busier and poorer <laughs> than ever. Right. Uh, we have a million things to do. So the other problem is we have information overload. So I have a hard enough time, like finding a hairdresser I can trust or like, <laughs> I'm going to get 
Like, I have my Thai food restaurant, and I don't talk to anyone else. Like, if you ask me to go to Thai, no, I found my Thai food place. If they <laughs> do not me, ask me to go elsewhere, I don't need more information. Right. So and then it happens to us. And then, like, let's say you finally do take that step, and you find like a mental health therapist, or you find that OB guyne and you're like, I like this person, and then that's transient, and they're gone. You're like, well, crap. Like, I'm right. back to square one, and I hate this. So, right. um, plus, it's like, how the hell am I supposed to find time to understand my insurance if you have? figure out where I'm covered that I have to schedule the visit and then for what to be like hi I'm Erin I'm healthy I don't know why I'm here (laughs) right (laughs) so it's like all these pieces um of advocacy and so I work in this field and I still cannot get my act together so I'm by no means like preaching and um being like I'm the perfect patient like I work with 60 doctors daily and I'm still like I should schedule something. <laughs> I should maybe go get my pap smear. I Oops. Pap. Right. And <laughs> anyway. So I totally understand. Um, our, our healthcare system is archaic and unfriendly. And that's for a white person with an education, income, insurance. So uh, you can understand the, that everyone is battling this. Um, so I'm here to tell you and to beg you that you have to start thinking about investing in your health. So no one is going to force you. In fact, our dear Obama tried this by making insurance mandatory. Um, And even that's going to court. So you are the only one that will care about you. So Mm -hmm. this goes for physical and mental health. You cannot wait until something feels wrong to find care. So it's like the winter, right? Like you don't wait for the polar vortex and go to Macy's and like look for a coat. Like it's bikini season. You're done. You Like that is not the time to panic. So you, you build that team now, you find all the different providers that you trust and it, it doesn't have to be so serious. Like of course, cancer and like, you know, chronic illnesses happen, but it's also like, right. you might want to be pregnant one day. Who the hell is your team? Right. Like, and then, you know, you, you went through that too. It's like, wow, you get, you're in, and you have this diagnosis of infertility and now who do I go to? Right. Like, I mean, I, I had this like two weeks ago, I woke up, I couldn't move my head to the left. <laughs> I was like, well, fuck, I guess I better go find a chiropractor, got in for like an emergency chiro appointment. And like, you know, he did some x-rays and did some adjustments. And then I, you know, made a plan for me. I came back in and he was basically like, if you're feeling pain, you're already fucked. Yeah, right. (laughs) So and I was like. Okay, doc. Like, I get it. You're right. Like, (laughs) even even me with a couple of chronic illnesses who knows I need to take care of myself. Like, I was like, just ignoring all of the tension and pain that I was having until I literally could not move my head. Classic. And we're healthy. So like, why would you, I don't know. It's right. just, you kind of got to like build your team. Like, I don't know, go to Yelp or go to your, and then we're going to get to the like why or like how later. Right. But that's the why. Like do it now when everything's kind of calm because the day, like you're saying, when you wake up and your neck doesn't move, right. <laughs> then that's not, you're going to be like crying. You're like, someone help me. And it's just right. nice to like know what number you're already going to call. Exactly. So and I think, speech there. and I think too, it's important to note that you can't like we are trained from the time we're little to take everything doctors tell us at face value Mm -hmm. and it's not until you really start to like navigate this world and it wasn't until I was diagnosed with with UC and was you know dealing with doctors on a regular basis trying to you know get me to a stable point that I realized like you, I cannot take everything a doctor tells me as gospel mm-hmm. because there are different ways to treat different things. And there are doctors who will completely miss something really critical. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and it's important to sort of have that in the back of your mind, even when you are healthy, just so that, you know, you're not going to your doctor they're like oh yeah you're perfectly fine if your gut is saying something's not quite right like you know yes yeah like then you have to continue to like okay but is it like maybe Mm -hmm. i do need a second opinion so it's just something that you need to like think about at all times because doctors are humans and they're they are fallible Yes. yes that was part of my my spiel. I don't know if it'll fit in later, but yeah, we're on it. And it's just like, <laughs> uh, because they're, we, we idolize people in these professions and yeah. 
and of course, like, these are supposed to be people, like, cures. I mean, we have, like, Grey's Anatomy, and it's, like, all these, it's, like, they're gods, and they're going to fix us. And right. it's, like, they go home, and they have a family, and they have kids that are screaming, and they have sh- their patients, too. Like, and so right. you have to remember, like, yes, they're a very talented and educated and um, hopefully have your best interests, but they're still a human, and right. you need to have a conversation as two equals. Right. Absolutely. So we've talked about the why. Let's talk about the how. What are some of the best ways that we can start advocating for ourselves? Yeah. So step one is to understand your insurance coverage or lack thereof. Um, So I actually just had open enrollment at work today. So like your employer, let's say that you have this through an employer they will come. I mean, there, there are resources. You can reach out to HR and they'll connect you right there. If you, you can always take your insurance card and call the insurance company directly as well and just start asking mm-hmm. about what your benefits are. But your employer will have a breakdown of everything covered, what pharmacies, what the different costs will be. And just like, you know, it's, it, it's around this time. So this is actually a really good time to have this um, talk. Mm-hmm. But you can reach out to HR anytime. Um, if you're more in the marketplace, same thing. You can start Googling. I mean, it really is your friend. Like, there's info on your card. It has a phone number. I mean, just type in your plan. You can type in your number and, like, start searching your benefits. So um, if you don't have insurance, <clears throat> we're going to get to that a little bit more later too, because you can, you absolutely still have to advocate for yourself and there are options. Um, but step, yeah, step one, you just, you can't start anywhere until you know where you can kind of go, unfortunately in our system. So sure. understand your coverage. Um, and then step two is to start building that team like we were talking about. And the, the mm-hmm. core of that, the word that we use is primary care provider. So I'll say PCP um, as we talk, but Ladies, this is not a gynecologist. Um, <laughs> this is, of course, important, and we'll get to that. And like women's health, but like this is someone who does the whole shebang. Sometimes they're like family medicine. Your primary care can be an MD, DO. I get a lot of questions from my friends about like, well, can I see a nurse practitioner? Like, mm-hmm. yes, those are all providers, physicians assistants. They are all incredibly qualified, especially for us, like. 20, 30, 40 year olds, like just routine healthcare. Um, The titles even in medicine are very confusing. Um, So if someone, you know, I work with a lot of MDs and I'm going to share this with them. So if they're listening, I have to be careful, but (laughs) nurse practitioners, you know, like midwives, physicians assistants, these are some of the greatest providers I have ever worked with. So you will be able to choose them with confidence. And then, you know, step three is to schedule that appointment. And that's the most intimidating part. And lucky for the audience of I'd rather stay in, you can do a lot of this online. Thank God. (laughs) I don't even have to call anyone. I know. We all have like patient (laughs) portals now. And you can just communicate with your provider via like the portal email system. Yes. so I will say, if you can muster up the courage, though, try to get on the phone for the initial call because you know, like you'll pick up that phone and be like, these people suck. Like these people are not professional. I don't want to be by them. Like hang up because at the end of the day, and this is hard again for patients to remember because we get very like sentimental about our health and our family's Mm -hmm. health. And it is a business. They have a bottom line money. You as a patient bring your money. So it's like, you know, I go to my Starbucks and I have the baristas who know me and give my dog a puppuccino and it's all smiles. And then I have the ones that I hope get fired. Right. Like (laughs) like, they're mean. It's the same. I mean, and it's, that sucks, but, um, cause you know, again, we idolize healthcare and these doctors and things, but like it needs to operate the same way. You are the customer. You should be treated like a God every step of the way from check-in to end. And if not, you take your business elsewhere. Yes. Yes. I've totally (laughs) fired doctors before. Yes. You fire them. You are the clients. (laughs) Yeah. I have fired them and it has been the best thing I have done. Like I've done it a couple times. I had a total dill hole for a um, gastroenterologist like right after I was diagnosed with UC and I hated him, but he was at, um, I think he was at University of Chicago Medical Center and like had all these, you know, accolades and I, you know, he was supposed to have been really good. Real fancy. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I think he's supposed to know his stuff. And then one day I just got fed up with him being a jackass and treating me like I was stupid. Uh-huh. And so I found a different doctor who ha- has 
legitimately like saved my life. He's amazing. Mm -hmm. And I like him as a human being. Like I like going to my annual appointment and he comes in feeling. Yeah. And I like give him a hug and we chat about our personal lives. Like before we actually like get to like business, you know, it's, and not all, but it's not only do I like him as a person, like he's a really good doctor and I mm-hmm. totally, my gut was totally right. So if your yep. gut is like, your gut's Run. probably right. Get out. Like there's a thousand doc, like in these hospitals and, and then all these clinics, they're all competing. Like get out of there. Take your business elsewhere. Like hit them yeah. where it hurts. Bye. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? It yep. kind of, like it goes for insurance too. I mean, it's all these things. Like don't feel like you're trapped. Like you this advocacy stuff starts at the system level like at the very top like find things that work for you right and then you'll be so happy and then you know they'll they'll help you build your team then too so that's a nice part like they know people so like if you need to like something's wrong with your eye i don't know then you have that doctor you trust then they're like oh yeah i got a buddy here and then they send you to them and it's all it's just like any business and the more you can relate it to something you know uh, it'll help you navigate it way better Yeah. And especially having that primary care physician, like if you have a PCP that you really trust, like they especially know a lot of the specialists because they, you know, they're so general, like so generalized that they can't specialize in things. So they are going to know like the OB-GYNs that are great, or they're going to know like the, you know, if you need to go see an endocrinologist or something, like they're going to have recommendations for that. Um, and a lot of times the other thing, like that I have found with a lot of those recommendations, um, if it's being recommended by your doctor who takes your insurance, Mm -hmm. a lot of those recommendations that they're going to make are probably people that are within like a similar network and also are likely to take your insurance. Not all the time, but yes. And if you like your doctor and they like someone, you're going to like them. It's like, right. It's like pass around the friends. Um, right. But yes, they're going to, yes, they'll understand like the benefits that you're coming from. Right. It'll, it'll all work out. Like start to build your little, your little all-star team. Right. Absolutely. <clears throat> and ask questions. Like, don't be afraid to ask questions. Mm-hmm. It goes mm-hmm. back to, it goes back to like not assuming that everything your doctor says is like gold. Don't be afraid. If they tell you something, you're like, I don't understand that. Say, I don't understand that. Yeah. So that's like, <clears throat> I know you wanted like us to touch on with like women specifically. And so, yeah, yeah so let's like, do that. Let's talk yeah, about women because that's health. like what it reminds me of. Right. Like that's like one of the biggest barriers right off the bat to get, yeah. you know, it, to voice our opinion. So it's like, <clears throat> excuse me, being assertive and speaking up. So as an Enneagram three, I really need <laughs> people to like me. And so I also get like that because I'm like, I don't want to be annoying. Right. Like, right. and I am assertive, like I'm a boss ass bitch, but like, I also don't want them to not like me. It's a very fine line. Yeah. So absolutely. I might be, you know, in performing mode to try to make sure this doctor likes me. No, that's like BS. So, um, you know, be respectful. Like, don't try to web MD the medical professional. Like, <laughs> That is a good way to get a, like a black mark on your file. (laughs) As much as we, you know, we want to be assertive, they are the professionals. So like we can, if we don't agree with them, fine, but agree with them at home or like fight about them at home with your husband and complain about them there Um, and then find someone else. Um, But do push. So, you know, a lot of times they'll ask you if you have questions, like bring your questions. Like we always tell patients to write them all down, especially like our Mm -hmm. elderly patients, they forget when they're there, they're like, I don't know. <laughs> like, right. Like the week before it's like making a grocery list. If you make an appointment, any question that pops into your head, write it down. If you think of one later, call back. Like it's yeah. fine. Use the portal, whatever. Send that email. Um, if they say your labs will be ready in five days and you don't hear back, call back, you know, mm-hmm. like, like with you, if they tell you about a prescription or like a plan that you're like, I don't know about that. You know, they need to give you more options. They need to right. show you the breadth of their degree and their training as well. So Right. That's like my, that, that piece. Um, I need to work on this, but, uh, don't take things personally either. So like, I know we were talking earlier that these people are all 
um, humans too. Like Mm -hmm. there are dozens and dozens of patients coming through the door each day. So it's very possible that they didn't get around to calling you because like five kids came in and there's coronavirus and then there's like, you know, whatever, like that the doctor's kid was sick and (laughs) it is a crazy day. Like being in clinics all day, it, it can get pretty wild. So, you know, yes, advocate for yourself and, you know, um, be strong while also being kind. So yeah. yeah, they're also human, but, um, you can do it. <laughs> you know, I think that's a great point. Cause I do, I do feel like as women, like we struggle so much just to get doctors to listen to us. And I do feel like our own need to please can be such a big barrier. Mm-hmm. So just, just knowing like it's, not personal on either side and you have to speak up for yourself yep. you just have to it get and it feels really uncomfortable at first and then the more you do it the more comfortable it becomes yeah. or the fewer fucks you give i don't really know which you know which it is that's but. true maybe we're just getting meaner <laughs> <laughs> i think i definitely get fewer fucks as, oh i've as seen steffi try to fire someone so <laughs> <laughs> that did not work for her. <laughs> I can only imagine the wrath. So yeah, you got to channel some of that. Like, <laughs> right. You have to be like, all right, this is well, and it's, it's your body. It is so important. You get one. <laughs> you, yeah, you only get one. And so, you know, if you do, and you know, and this is just, and this is just for, you know, everyday things. Um, this isn't even like touching on, you know, like a huge diagnosis, like sure. a, literally like a life-threatening diagnosis where your path of care can make a difference to whether you live or not, like whether you Correct. survive this disease or not. And then it's, so like, if you get that practice in now when it's just like, okay, what anxiety medication am I going to be on or Mm -hmm. you know whatever like slightly smaller thing that is get that practice in now so that god forbid you have something really scary happen you're used to standing up for yourself and saying I need to know more about my options and I or I'm not comfortable with this or you need to explain this in like even more detail because mm-hmm. I think there could be something else we're doing, whatever it is. Start now when you're healthy. Yes. Yep. Oh, my final piece of that. I don't have children, but like I can, women don't prioritize their healthcare because they're prioritizing everyone else's healthcare. Sure. So I'm actually, one of my research projects right now is like, how do we engage women who are here all the time? Because they're bringing like three kids, like they're in the system. We see them like they're in healthcare. They know what's up. Like how many times, if your mom's listening or fathers, are you in a doctor's office with your child? Why was that so much easier to research call every time johnny's face changes color like you're calling right you know and then like what 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 happened to you and so i think it's just like take that take a breath take that time like you got to put the oxygen mask on first and invest just as much in yourself as you would for your friends your family your children and all that stuff so absolutely you gotta do it so what about people without insurance what can they do to access services how can they advocate for themselves? How can we help advocate for them? Let's talk about yeah, that. Yeah, that'll be a big, that's a big piece too. Good point. Um, okay, so when you don't have insurance, <clears throat> so I work in federally qualified health centers. The government uh, does provide money through HRSA and there are health centers all over. Um, a quick Google search of FQHC um, will show you ones in your area. These are actually fantastic options Um for uninsured, but also for kind of the population I think might be listening in just because you do just need that visit. This is a place of just primary care. You know, they're going to have all that, like walk in, get your annual visit, get some referrals if you need. They often have medication discounts um, because of all, you know, it's, it's government um, funded. And so the whole Mm -hmm. point is to not be, it's not for profit. So no one is making money off of your diagnoses, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, they also have people like me where they're they're held to a very high standard of quality control that your like private practice on the corner with one doctor is not going to have to report, right? Sure. So sometimes you do get a higher level of quality care 
um, in or in systems like this. So I'll, I'll get ahead of myself, but it um, you don't have to have insurance to use places like this. So they'll use things like sliding scales. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll report on your income and they'll find a price range that is appropriate. So usually ranging in Chicago anyway from like, let's say 20 to $50 based on um, okay. your, your income. Um, if you have under insurance so that's a, a really popular word we'll use in my field where it's like yes i have insurance but it sucks like <laughs> i don't even want to yes. use it right like we right these, i feel like that's a lot of us we would have these poor patients that like you know they're working like maybe a construction job they got insurance they're all excited they've got these benefits and it's terrible like the amount that they have to pay out of pocket was just like i couldn't live like that right and they're working right. at minimum wage and so you look at that at those things too. It's like I have so underinsured is a is a buzzword that that we'll look at as well. And again, we'll apply the sliding scale. Um, FQHCs have dental services, mental health, the prescription, like everything right on yeah. site. So um, yeah. I'm plugging it for uninsured and to tell anyone that you know that might be uninsured, but also just for like kind of the younger population that just really needs to pop in and get some labs um, right. and start to kind of learn about healthcare and get their pap done and all that stuff. Um, yeah. And then the final piece of this is uh, they're never allowed to ask about any type of um, paperwork, documentation status, social security, anything like that. So it is very much a safe space. And my plug today that I just, I have lots of plugs, but lots of knowledge for you all today, this whole public charge drama. Um, if, uh, so this, the, my two cents on this and, uh, this is a Trump thing where, you know, people who are maybe going to apply to be citizens one day, they'll look back at their record and, and charge them with like things okay. that they used our system for. Sure. And Illinois is like the only state that is not going to charge, like hold it against you for seeking health care. But in other states, this is not the case. Um, which, you know, is lovely. So, so great. <laughs> <laughs> so do some, you know, again, do some research. This might not affect you, but in, in case there, you want to learn more on this topic or for sometimes we have to use our privilege to do advocacy. Um, so yeah. if that this is a topic that interests you, do some more research on it. Things change in our government right now every single day. So you could be listening to this next week and I could be wrong already. Um, right. But for now, um, you know, study that. This is something that people are very afraid of, but the reason I say that is they can come to an FQHC knowing that they're safe there. Sure. And that we're gonna provide care without collecting like info, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think this also connects, you know, another way that we can advocate for ourselves, but also Mm -hmm. for those around us maybe who don't have insurance or are underinsured is by voting. Mm -hmm. Get your asses out and vote, Mm -hmm. guys. PSA, PSA. PSA! We have so many, like, pushes today. I have a lot of topics that I need you all to do for me. <laughs> yeah, you guys got homework and your homework is to uh, go get registered to vote yeah. and yeah, educate yourselves and do some voting. And everyone's going to go I mean, get a pap like this week. <laughs> go get your pap smear on your way home from registering to vote. It's great. Actually, you can register to vote online. It's fantastic. You don't even have to talk to a person. Again, see, great for see? the introverts. <laughs> Unfortunately, you have to, you do have to interact with a human to get your pap, but I promise that you don't have to really talk to them. It's fine. It's a very quick process. You know when like Taylor Swift posted on Instagram and then everybody like went and and signed up to vote? This is like my dream right now with this... That you can have that kind of effect. It's going to be like on the news, like large rates of women get paps in February. And I'm going to be like, that was me. It's all you, Erin. Oh, man. So if there's somebody who wants to learn more about healthcare advocacy, either in general or for you know specific situations, are there any online resources that might be helpful or like local resources that they can seek out? I know you just mentioned the federally qualified health centers mm-hmm. um, that they can find those in their area. But like, what are some other things that might be helpful? Yeah, I wanted to have like, I always want to have like a deep answer for this, but it, it really is like your Google machine, right? Like, sure. Um, type it if you have Blue Cross. I mean, like I said, go to their website and start reading about the plan. Um, ask your yeah. HR if that's your case, the marketplace, um, because they have to explain their benefits to you. I mean, you can call them as yeah. well, right? Like, 
um, learn about your enrollment periods. Cause this is all, again, the business of even where you guys work, like, or anyone works, that's someone's job is to like be a mm -hmm. rep to the employees to like explain benefits. So, and they, I don't know what they do all day. Right. That's like another job where I'm like, do people come to you? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. <laughs> so everyone's going to call their rep this week too. It's going to be a great week. Um, and again, yeah, Google things, you know, look up, um, especially if you're just looking for an annual wellness visit, um, looking for a medication that you need or refill on. I haven't touched on it too much, but a, a Planned Parenthood, of course, as well. So I know there's always yes. a lot of confusion about like what's a what's government funded, what's blah, blah, blah. So a, a federally qualified health center will uh, function in the same kind of way, right? They're receiving, um, they are actually are receiving federal funds, whereas like Planned Parenthood, that's very limited. Um, sure. And you, any whim, you can absolutely go there too, especially for female related care, like your PAP right. or um, STI screening and things. So yeah. um, if that's where you're more comfortable as well, that's a great network and you can Google that what's near you. Um, yeah, we talked about that in our, we talked about Planned Parenthood and the things that, great things that they do um, yeah. in our um, Queer Eye episode yes. because Megan and I read, read JVN's book and he yes. went to um, Planned Parenthood and that's where he did his SCD, STI testing yep. and was diagnosed with HIV. Um, so they do a lot of, they do a lot of stuff. Correct. Yep. Really important work. And, you know, more importantly, like, yeah, you get your lab result, but then they'll also start connecting you with all the resources that you Absolutely. need what to do with that result. So, um, yeah, build your team and yeah, get that PCP. The hard thing with Planned Parenthood is they're not really going to be considered your PCP. So when I am kind of talking about that advocacy of like, get someone right. that's your primary care, um, you know, if that's where you're comfortable starting, those are excellent resources. Yes. Um, and then sometimes you just need, you. need a place yeah, yep. that can stand in the gap get your for foot you. In the door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And then um, we can link a lot of these, but like for healthcare data and info, I mean, you can always just, if you're feeling nerdy, um, like the CDC, um, ACOG, that's like um, good for like, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you the correct, the American College of Obstetricians. So okay. if you want more like women's healthy type info as well. Um, we, that's more of like my professional side. March of Dimes is a great one. So these are just yeah. um, incredibly robust websites that you can start digging around. And sometimes you don't want to ask questions to a doctor yet. You want to do a little bit of your own research first. So yeah, I feel just don't WebMD it. Don't WebMD. Like use these good websites that I'm giving you. <laughs> use real resources. Don't web Evidence-based. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Channel your inner like nerd. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. Peer reviewed. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and like you know, you if you let's say you get a diagnosis at the doctor's office, and you know you're not sure, you know, even like where to start on things. Um, you know, a lot of times they'll have information that they can give you, like beyond just like a pamphlet, like. Um, you know, if there's a medication, if there's um, a, um, uh, 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 oh my God, the words, the words, they're hard. Uh, when you have the people and the trial and they try things, help me, help oh, me, Erin. Clinical, clinical trials. trials. Thank you. Uh, it's so hard. Life is so hard. Uh, but like the, a lot of times they'll have extra information about those things. Um, yes. that they can either tell you where to find or they can like print it off and give it to you there so that you can take it home and you can read it and you can look over it and then figure out if you have more questions and, you know, either ask in a follow-up or, you know, again, like Aaron said, call their office, email their office through the portal, um, whatever that might look like for you, whatever you're comfortable with. So, mm -hmm. you know, don't feel like if you're in the doctor's office and you get a diagnosis or they talk to you about something that you have to have all of your questions right then, like ask for more info, go home, do some research and then come back with, you know, whatever you feel like you need to know. Mm -hmm. So, um, anything else before we talk about joy, anything else that you want to say, anything we missed in your notes? Channeling my inner Taylor Swift. I mean, like, what do I have to get on my soapbox about? <laughs> I, think I, shared all my, I think I shared all my feelings. Um, all right. Yeah, man, you, we just, we, we got to take care of each other and ourselves and 
I'm a big I'm a big fan of blowing that deductible. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, I should give a plug before we we walk away. Uh, we ha- mental health. I just want to state is part of everything I've said today. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I was talking more about like physical health or even just women or whatever, like this is for men and women, all ages, mental and physical health. Yes. Um, looking for a therapist will be the same process. Figure out who takes your insurance. Find someone, read their Yelp reviews, psychology today, um, whatever, like read about yeah. people. And if you, again, if you don't click with them, you don't have to go see them. No one is like, my husband is a therapist. So like, I know he has like two <laughs> minutes where he's like, you know, that client didn't want to come back to me. And I'm like, great. They went and found someone that they clicked with better. Like, right. <laughs> no, like he'll right. get over it. The therapist will get over it. The doctor will get over it. There are more people that need to come in. So just find the person that works for you and everyone should probably have a therapist. So I agree with that. <laughs> and oh, so the other thing that I, one last thing that I will say is if you, you know, like if you are, let's say you're, you're dealing with a healthcare situation and you aren't sure you're, or you're nervous or whatever it is, like you can take someone to an appointment with mm-hmm. you. Like you can take a trusted person. I, used to take, I used to take, um, my mom to, um, fertility appointments with me, um, Mm -hmm. because, you know, my husband was working and there was a lot of emotions. And then I did the same for her. Like I used to go to a lot of her cancer appointments with her. And sometimes it's helpful to have somebody who just like, isn't the person that's being like, talked to about their health uh-huh. to then like think of other questions um well, I have you a friend... know that your mom always needed you to like have yes! some questions ready <laughs> exactly and like I have a I have a girlfriend like she's gone with you know one of her friends to doctor's appointments like when she was going through when the friend was going through a miscarriage mm-hmm. and her husband couldn't be there like she went with her friend to the appointment you know she was able to kind of take in some of that info the doctor was saying like if you have a trusted person in your life that maybe has more experience or is a little bit more assertive or can just be there to like hold your hand during what might be a tough or stressful appointment, like take them with you. That's totally, totally fine. So yep, that's, I, my, that's, that's my plug. That's a great idea. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about joy. Erin, what is bringing you joy lately? You know, I've been thinking about this ever since you told me that I would have to answer this today. <laughs> I was like, what am I going to say? Like, I don't want to be a big emo kid and be like, nothing. But then not, I don't want to be like, everything. I'm, darkness. Um, my soul is darkness. <laughs> it's winter. It's hard. I'm like in a mood. But no, I got my hair cut last week. Yes. And I'm really feeling myself. I'm getting like compliments all day. You know when you're like walking down the street and you're like, all the men are looking at me. They're not. they're they're not but that is how I've been all week I'm like prancing I'm like yes like when the wind is blowing (laughs) I probably look like my regular self but I in my head have extreme joy so if anyone is feeling some winter blues you should go cut your hair Yes, it's like on. Uh, it's like there's a couple episodes of Jane the Virgin that yes. were like that. Where she like she that. shows her, yeah, it shows her like she's feeling herself. Everyone's looking at her, and then it shows like what's really happening. That is the and, exact like... scene I thought of the other day when I walked by like people like it was like a like construction site, and there's like all these men working, and I was just like. You know, it's like winter. It's probably raining, and I'm like, right. And you're like skirt stuck in your underwear, yeah. and like, who knows what's cute. happening? I but like, hat and gloves on, and like I'm dripping from my nose. But I have been very. I'm, I'm having a lot of joy for my cute hair. Love it. So that's my that. That's what I thought of. I love it. <laughs> How about you? So, well, so it's funny that you mentioned the Taylor Swift thing because I watched the new documentary on Netflix uh, the other night. Can we have a whole podcast? Can I come back? And <laughs> <laughs> talk about it. Have you watched it? Yes. It's so good. Oh, my God. I already loved her. I don't, sorry. I don't care what you all say. I do a lot of good work all day. So, like, we all work really hard. I'm in like the trenches, but I like my Taylor Swift. Call me basic. I mean, I do listeners, not care. the listeners know that I love the shit out of the Bachelor fa- franchise. Yeah. So like we all have our thing, okay? I'm sorry. Like I'm not sorry anymore. And you know what? I think she's a really wonderful woman and I think she's trying to do what she can. And yeah. 
Anyway, I will not derail this very informative and educated podcast with my Taylor Swift obsession. Well, I mean, I think, it, you know, we can tie it back. It's my joy. It, that, I agree with you. That, the documentary was very much like, you know, it very much had me being like, why as women do we feel the need to tear each other down? And like. Oh my God. Yeah. Not talk you know, or like. I don't know. Yeah, not use the platforms that you have. Like, I guarantee every yeah. single one of you has some type of platform where you can share this information. So, yeah, or any information that you're passionate about. Like, why don't we? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, I thought it was a really great. I thought it was a really well done documentary. Um, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Her cats were in it a lot, so I liked that. Of course, um, of course. walking on the piano. Yeah, well, and then the, when she has the cat in the little, like, space pod backpack, oh, like, Cora God. was all in my face. I was like, Cora, do you want a space pod backpack? And she was like, meow. So Are you I think get, that was tell a me, yes. Tell me what type of consideration you've done for the space cat, the whatever backpack. Uh, well. I know you've Googled it. I just, like, have this feeling <laughs> in my stomach. You know, she doesn't like the regular carrier, and I just feel like she might like being able to see out of the space pod better. Be Not that I take her a lot of places, but they're probably far too, I haven't looked to see how expensive they are. They're probably, like, way too expensive, and I have a perfectly fine carrier. I'll but there was a ratchet just... one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make well, you like, one. Like, like saran wrap. Out of like a plastic bowl. And, <laughs> like a Jansport backpack. <laughs> I've got some bags with holes. Perfect. Excellent. It'll be great. Actually, the 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 animal that would really like one of those is the 70-pound German Shepherd. Yes. But yes. I don't think that we can like tape and glue one Maybe there's a for market him. for it for like NBA players. Maybe, maybe it. there is. Maybe there is. That's a great well, one. That's also right? bringing me joy. So, <laughs> well, Erin, thank you so much for joining us today, and you know we'll be all be sure to advocate for ourselves and put on our big girl panties and go get our paps. I love it. I'll do it too. <laughs> we all got. We all have work to do. Thank you, Steffi. That was a great interview and so helpful. While we're talking about our health, it only makes sense that next week we should talk about one of my favorite things, sleep. (laughs) Join us back here next week as we chat about what helps us drift off to dreamland and what keeps us from getting enough sleep. Until then, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and listen to us on Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow us on social media at IRSI Podcast or send us an email at I'd Rather Stay In Podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from our listeners. Talk to you soon.